0: welcome to the real Playing exchange this is adam and today we are going to be talking about time travel and who would like to time travel out of this episode first peace
1: i gotta go before i
0: become my own grandpa and who was that disembodied voice
1: that was aaron hi i'm aaron
0: hi i'm aaron's grandpa (laughs) my god i'm very disappointed in him
1: chris has become my grandfather something's gone horribly wrong
0: Joe, do you have any familial ties with
2: these people? No, but I'm not sure how I got here. (laughs) It's okay,
3: son. Oh,
1: shit. Dad, you have
3: so much hair at this time. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know because I've never had it before.
0: (laughs) It it, it was not my proudest moment in my life, but there was one time I was at a really kick-ass party drinking like copious amounts of alcohol. And then I'm in a Waffle House, and I'm drawing down my face, and everyone's staring at me. And then I'm in the car waiting for everyone to get out of the Waffle House in, like, sub-zero temperatures. So I, th- I think I know a little bit about time travel. I mean, was who's this the is time, you, time travel mechanism?
1: Was this the time <laughs> you ended up sleeping between the mattress and the
0: box spring?
3: <laughs> that, that
0: was my DeLorean, sir. <laughs>
3: I could say something very mean right now, but I won't.
0: Please don't. You never pass out in a single wide trailer between a mattress and box springs. Oh god!
1: Fucking Adams out here hanging out in single wide trailers. Anyway,
0: it's a country. So I've had a lot in my a lot of my mind about role playing games because you know we kind of do this podcast. But wait, what? I know. (laughs) Uh, I recently have decided that I would like to run my first campaign, and I decided to pick the game that I have the most fun running, that I don't necessarily freak out while playing, and that would be Time Watch. So currently, just to kind of do a little back uh, log for this, we have uh, did a recruiting call, which is the scenario from Time Watch, uh, the book, Time Watch, did I mentioned Time Watch, and then I ran a, a brief scenario which actually posted this past month, you know, January 2019 Year of our Lord, and well, it hasn't hit syndication yet, and until I get the campaign start, started, I've began the Behind Enemy Times campaign, which is by Gareth Ryder Hannerhan, who does a lot of stuff for Pelgrim. I wrote quite a bit for uh, the Dracula Dossier, and I had a blast playing it. Yeah, I just want to talk about time travel and RPGs and Time Watch in general and some ins and outs that I've learned through my experiences with Time Watch and by proxy, the bullshit I've made you all do in time travel games?
1: The, well. the bullshit I've put you through, Adam.
3: <laughs> the bullshit the both of you motherfuckers have put me through. <laughs> so In I'm games gonna... that didn't even fucking involve time travel either,
0: I should oh. mention. Okay, so we'll preface Chris's statement <laughs> briefly here. So, <laughs> in an Unknown Armies game, Chris had us, because, you know, Unknown, Ar- Unknown Armies is a fever dream anyway, Chris had our characters end up in a like, in dimensional kind of world where we're driving uh, down a Texas highway outside Martha, Texas battling with centipides or what were we fighting, Chris? Um, I believe it
3: was Harry's own guilty conscience. Sounds about right.
0: And at toward the end of the scenario, we had to pick what happens and I uh, state that we crash into ourselves So we exit the loop and hit ourselves before we ever get in the loop. And that began like a series of three really confusing moments that were really fun. Don't get me wrong, but I have
3: one fucking rule in my games, and that is no goddamn time travel. (laughs) Good rule, Motherfuckers.
2: I usually have that rule in my games that don't aren't explicitly designed around time travel. No time travel.
1: That was just a rough set of nights for Trevor in general, though.
0: Yeah, he had a lot of those. Yeah. Now, with uh with Time Watch, and I'm going to kind of give my backstory on this. When I was getting into RPGs again, and I was listening to rppr one of the first thing I, I saw listed out there in the space that they were doing a Kickstarter for a time traveling game. So I went over, found Time Watch, thought it was really interesting, and I backed it. And I think they hit some production problems, and it kind of came out a little bit late and all that. But they gave you know, quite a bit of extra resource material with it when it came out. But yeah, that was the first game that I ended up purchasing and I never played it until actually last year, about this time last year. And I sat down, read through the book. I was familiar with gumshoe. Well, how hard can time travel be? So went ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really? (laughs) So I went ahead and invited Chris Invited uh, Ray from Insert Quest here, and invited uh, Patrick, and we sat down and I tried to run recruiting call, and I quickly realized throughout the course of that game that I was way over my fucking head.
3: I mean, everybody your, was ready your to first quit. mistake was getting me in there because I'm a fucking
0: agent of chaos at the best of times. I really like to think of it as a baptism by fire, surf, But you know, like if I, if I can pull it off, then I know I've done something, and I became kind of gunshot with Time, time Watch. It, I loved it, but there were some troubling aspects to it that I didn't know how to address in the very beginning. So, you know, through the course of this discussion, I'd kind of like to share in on what I've learned and give some recommendation on that. So where do we go from here? I've been rattling for a long time.
2: Who, who publishes Time Watch? Mm.
0: Pellgreen Press is a publisher, and the author is Kevin Cole who is currently working on a gumshoe version of a high fantasy game. I think it's basically a gumshoe version of 13th age. So that's currently what his project is now, but it's a great book. And I felt like I let it down through my actions. By the way, if you want to catch that first episode, I believe I dropped it on. I know for a fact it is on the Patreon. So if you back at a two to her level, get, with the game? Yeah, I did too, but I had some, <laughs> Issues. Um, first off, because I kind of talk in circles? I'll go ahead and put this out here. So, Time Watch, you're playing an agent of a comp- of an organization called. Wait for it. Time Watch. Watch time. Watch time. And you are in a citadel outside of the creation of the universe, just floating around. Has been transported there or something. Nobody really knows how it got there. And you are tasked with preserving the true timeline so that's the basic preface it's very very pulpy you have a time travel device which i think is called an autocron if i'm not mistaken i think that's right Or it's yeah. a tether i always get them confused and you're pretty much able to go wherever you want to, uh, to you know address the problems in a mission we'll get into that in a moment mechanics for gumshoes real simple they do it's like a you're rowing d6s, and you've got to row a four better to successfully time travel without any, you know, mishaps <laughs> happening. And mishaps, I mean, you can still time travel, but you take chrono stability damage, which is what anchors you in the time period that you're at. So, you whereas
3: know, another better time travel game would call it frag.
0: <laughs> oh, wow, jo- uh, <laughs> that's not how I would describe Continuum. <laughs> now. <laughs> So that is basically the deal, and you get stitches, which is kind of short for a stitch time, and you give them out at the beginning of every session, and then throughout the course of it, you can, as a game master, or the players can award other players stitches for, you know, being funny, a well played move, something clever. You're just rewarding good role playing, and you can actually use those stitches for like refreshes. Somebody last, uh, this past week used it to add plus one or two damage to a row. Who did that, Joe? Was that you or was that Ethan? Uh, I think that was Ethan. Ethan, okay. And so forth and so on. And it's, you know, it's really fun, really pulpy. You can spend the stitches to avoid a time travel deal. So, Chris, let's, let's jump over a bit. So, kind of went over time watch. What problems do you think would be best described as me experiencing I speak like Yoda now, after two beers, but what problems did I encounter, you think, in Time Watch running it for the first time for you and people who don't actively try to fuck me over?
3: I mean, I don't actively try to fuck you over, it's just my base state is fucking people over,
0: apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened? Like, if, if from the reader's or player's perspective? You gave me tools,
3: and I didn't really have a uh, A set way of how I could use the tools, so I obviously tried to use them for everything.
0: Yeah, the age-old issue of when you got a hammer, everything becomes a nail kind of deal.
3: Give a man a chrono timer, everything becomes frag.
0: (laughs) Give a man a gun he eats for a day. Give a
1: man two guns and you feed him for a lifetime. That's how that saying goes, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Give a man a gun he eats for a day. Feed a man a gun, he eats for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dang. So, so
0: Chris, uh, Chris is really hitting at a good point, though, with time travel. The so you can time travel anywhere, right? So, in this scenario, which is already posted twice, uh, we were tasked with uh, saving Amelia Earhart. She was as disappeared, like she was going to be recruited for time watch. Some of us try to end up saving Amelia Earhart by killing Amelia Earhart, but we'll go over
3: that a little bit later. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say right now my plan for saving Amelia Earhart was dumb. Wasn't nearly as dumb as that.
0: You got anything to add
1: to that, Rick? Uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to break an omelette to make a few eggs. <laughs> sometimes
3: okay. you got to break a timeline and the person you're recruiting's lover <laughs> to, <laughs> ma- to make an omelette? <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: yes. that's how it goes. the The problem that i that I found immediately with them is I don't want to put anything on a railroad, obviously, and but you have a scenario in mind, and you have scenes in mind, and it's kind of you know you can adapt as it goes, but to save Amelia Earhart, the way the scenario is scripted, you're supposed to time travel to the island. I can't remember what it was called now. Where they think that she ended up crashed and she was going to make it ashore with her co pilot and was going to be assassinated by Nazi assassins, you know, like you do. And that's what I was expecting Chris to go to. But Chris didn't go there because Chris can time travel and he was thinking outside of the box, which is this is the greatest thing about the game. You can do these things. But Chris decided to intercept Amelia Earhart before she gets to the island. So there's a whole – and Aaron did the same fucking thing, too, I think, in their game. Uh, there's a whole goddamn, like, scene that is supposed to be fighting Nazi snipers, and it's going to be action that is poof, gone in an instant of time. That's Wow, that's pretty deep there if you think about it. But
3: honestly, that seems like a, a sign that uh the scenario itself isn't – fully thought out because two separate people thought of the same plan. It's very Mine was was less murderous at least. Yep. (laughs) Like the problem with Amelia Earhart in that
2: scenario, it seems to me would be the fact that she's on a flight by herself and no one knows exactly when she disappeared. You know, once she disappears off the horizon of California, you know, she's no longer visible from like California or whatever. She could have disappeared at any point between leaving the United States and the future. It's not like Benjamin Disraeli who, you know, walked out of a tavern or whatever one night and went behind a a carriage and then no one ever saw him again and no one knows what happened. Yeah. Where you have like a very specific amount of time that he could have disappeared in.
3: Yeah, it's like a thing where there's several weeks
0: where, yeah, where is she? There's a huge gap in there. and you know, as it, being the game master, that did not want to you know show the rails that the scenario was on. I was like, fuck it, we'll go with. It. And in both instances, I was able, at least in my mind, I felt like I was able to string something together that was enjoyable and fun, mm-hmm. and it worked. But that was one whole scene gone. And then, and then I had a conversation with George, and this is one of the, be my first one of my first bits of advice here George from, uh, and you know, from Georgia Gen Fame. It seems like if you have something that's perhaps that loose, where there's so many windows of opportunity, you've got to kind of, to use what he said, Ziggy it, which Ziggy being a character from the Time Watch, not Time Watch, Quantum Leap TV show, which Scott Bakula's character was like spiritually soul jumping to people throughout history. And then there was a character, I can't remember what his name was, who would go back, teleport a hologram of himself to Scott Bakula, Sam. And he would tell Sam what he needed to do, which provided the rails and the plot line for this. So I think if you if you want things to run smoothly, you need to be a little bit more explicit. Now, you could not saying don't deny a clever suggestion, because that would be like a really shitty thing for a GM to do. But, you know, all right, so Amelia Earhart's going to disappear. You need to be on this island waiting for her. If you... <laughs> phrase things like that maybe it's kind of like one of those wizard of oz things where you don't see the man behind the curtains what do you think
2: it, it seems like just an extension of typically what, what i would call good gm advice where you start the characters already in the premise of the game
3: yeah i would also argue you shouldn't base something on a historical person persona who has several weeks of missing time like i I think this is a sign of poor design in, like, the initial game. If they had picked someone like D.B. Cooper, who's a fucking non-entity, he steals from a plane and then disappears for good, D.B. Cooper would be a great Time Watch agent.
0: If you listen to the Fandible podcast, which I do, they actually, one of their characters plays D.B. Cooper for the Amelia Earhart duo, there, there was her last check in was at New Zealand so there is like record of her being here being there you know refueling and stuff like that so it it wasn't as broad of a spectrum as we're kind of alluding to here but yeah there is you know tons of time mean, it's long enough time for, it to, for yeah. it to be
3: a mystery that's the thing you
0: you could,
4: say- you could do a person that's not that is possibly like DB Cooper but instead of a record there's just Debated whether they existed or not. Holy shit, a wild Ian appears.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ian. Say hi to nice people, Ian. Hi, nice people. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. I had to do that. So, yeah, that was my main problem. That I was kind of relying on something that wasn't there all of a sudden. And I had to improvise. And it it was fun.
4: So, so the time watch. Um, again, I don't know how the game itself works. Although it's awesome and I would like to play it. But it does remind me of... Uh, there was a video game. I remember what it was called. I think it was called Time Shift or something. But you would jump back in time to various points, sort of quantum leap style. But what you could do is, if you're going to do a historical event, I would just off the top of my head. If I wanted to do something and force someone to deal with it, I would have like a major point where, like, if they're on the Hindenburg they get time travel to the Hindenburg and they have to save someone before the Hindenburg explodes? They need to be explicitly told, hey, look, you can't not have the Hindenburg be destroyed um, while it's in the air. Now, that doesn't technically mean it has to explode or light on fire or whatever. It just has to be destroyed because if you don't, uh, you will not exist at all.
0: And then you frame it to where it's in, it's it would be impractical to, like, say – Delay the guy's flight on the Hindenburg or something like it. Like he has, like the things that he has done would mm. ripple through the time stream. I like there's that. enough
4: historical record, basically. Or yeah. Be the thing is like, yo, you have to do this. You have to go destroy the Hindenburg or something like that. Because if you don't, then the package that is a prototype atomic bomb for the Nazis will actually get to where you know whatever. Yeah. And then they'll be they'll they'll actually win World War Two.
0: Okay, works out good. That's a good framing.
4: I, I mean, that's that's very much an if
3: if but sort of framing device, which is something I feel like you have to do in most time travel scenarios. Which is a, disappointing because time travel itself should be all
4: the fucking out there, all the way out there. Well, that's why I like doing. If I'm going to do a time travel, I mean, there's if but I do if buts for one shots in my head. But if I'm going to do something like a campaign or whatever, I'm just going to have it where at a point where it's like you can do whatever you want because what i believe in is the multiple timeline scenario where it's like just because you do one thing in one timeline doesn't mean it's going to affect your timeline as long as you're able to jump back to your timeline so i would invent like here's a device that can jump back to your timeline if, even if you fuck up like if, if you killed amelia earhart that's not going to affect our timeline if you killed her in front of everybody by you know shooting her plane down with a javelin missile but that removes any stakes Okay, yeah.
3: Rick Sanchez.
1: Like literally, if you're like, if you're like, well, you can do whatever in this timeline; it doesn't affect yours at all. Like, then what's have, the point? Like, there's no, there's no need for any kind of caution or.
4: I have um, home players who don't really care about that kind of stuff. So, but I mean, mean it's also...
1: okay, but like that still removes any kind of risk. In- yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: But it, it, I, th- I feel like that's just a different style of game. Yeah, um, now the, the game's, game's accommodating, though. Yeah, Time Watch I think uh, has allows for those different styles. Like the main game is you are a member of Time Watch and you're trying to preserve the timeline. Uh, and there are other styles of games, like and one of them is like you know time travel adventure. Uh, you can have like if you if you have the the whole multiverse theory, uh, mm-hmm. where you, you can return to your own timeline. Like that's a style of game where it's just you're just gonna have a a a Gonzo game where your your players just going out and what happens if we did this and then see what kind of crazy ass results come out of it. Like that can be fun. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but you know, once in a while, that would be a fun thing to do. There's also real
3: fast, y'all. I just want to say, I was about to make an old fashioned with a tablespoon or a teaspoon of simple syrup. A few dashes of bitters, and then four ounces of also simple syrup. That, well, you would have known as soon as you had some, <laughs> <laughs> I managed to stop
0: myself. Tom, in the back of the book, kind of what Joe was alluding to, they had the different right. frameworks that you can run in. There's actually one that is, there's a parallel universe. They have a mode that is like the Quantum Leap, they have a Lovecraft version. Yeah. yeah. There's a Lovecraftian version of it that you're actually just your spirit or your consciousness is you you're you're like a Yithian. Yithian. You're going to and fro, which seems really cool. And then I think my favorite one, they have a chronal horror one, which now hear me out on this one, Joe, since you all played just recently. The chronal horror one is like time travel has weakened the veil between our world and like the esoteric outer world. Darkness, okay, yeah, and
1: Adam, I absolutely want to play that mode. I want you to know that.
0: Uh, well, it's, I've already, I'm already drafting stuff on Scrivener right now for when we do that mode. Uh, but <laughs> oh, you know,
3: well, I already have plans on how I can run that too. So
0: awesome. we can have a multiple GM situation there. That would be cool. the The thing with that one is there, you know, time travel is powerful, and that's kind of what we were mentioning earlier. How, you yeah, know, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Okay, great. Well, you're trying to use time travel to fix a problem that time travel created, so you have all these dark forces jumping in throughout history. You can travel back there, but the more you travel, the weaker the veil becomes, and the way that they do that mechanically is, fine, you're in, you know, Gettysburg to do whatever, and there's something like esoteric getting ready to happen there. You can travel back in time to help yourself out or whatnot, but every time you time travel since then, you're basically adding two more points of their magical points for the bad guys. It's called like Tempest. So each time you time travel, the bad guys, not the mooks or humans, but like the entities you fight, have got more resources to, to spend against but you. It,
2: it's not that you have a hammer and everything's a nail. It's now you have a hammer and you're playing whack-a-mole. Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> um, who here has read any Tim powers?
1: I have not. Not
2: I have. me. Unfortunately.
3: Wait, can you describe Tim Powers? Tim Powers, it, he's written a lot of really weird shit. It's historical fantasy in some ways. I've read Harry Turtledove. No, you have not, then. You've not read Tim Powers. Um, He's his own weird thing. So the reason I bring this up is that kind of reminds me of a novel of his called The Anubis Gates. Yeah. Like, the idea is that you've got these wizards from x o clock who uh did a weird time bending thing and the, like it's involved with like egyptian sorcery shit like that mm-hmm. but there's like a dude from 1984 who realized that there's some weird time anomaly it just becomes a weird beautiful combination of historical fiction time travel and uh doppelgangers well
0: that sounds cool yeah Tim Powers was also the one that was kind of inspirational for Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean, I think, wasn't it, Chris?
3: Yes. um, Pirates of the Caribbean was based on his novel On Stranger Tides.
1: Hey, that's what one of the later movies was called.
3: Correct. And also, (laughs) he is one of the main inspirations for Unknown Armies.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Also, fun fact real quick, back to Amelia Earhart for a second. Apparently, there's a prevailing theory that thinks she got eaten by coconut crabs. So, Wait, what? That's a that thing would, you know now. That would yeah. track. Yeah, I mean, she
3: if, got, if she, she was crashed. severely injured enough.
1: Yeah, she crashed on an island, and coconut crabs ate her.
3: Well, not necessarily if she was severely injured, because there is evidence that she was sent out SOSs for several months before she died.
1: Okay, Yeah. And also, <laughs> coconut crabs are... Goddamn damn, gigantic and terrifying!
4: Well, I gotta look this up now. Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> it's like a, so. It's like a spider, but with a shell. Jesus Christ!
3: No, it's it's much bigger than that. They're they're about no, the I size know. of a trash can.
1: My like, God! No, I know. yeah, they're big, but I'm Oops. saying they resemble a spider. So, oh
3: my God, it's I actually pretty were... easy to go get a coconut crab off of you.
1: Yeah, I know. That's your personal experience.
3: That's terrible. That's terrifying.
2: I mean, they do have to crack into a coconut. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: See, I thought you were going to say something, and Like when you started, like it's uh and I thought you were going to finish with like it's just like the Roma woman prophesized or something crazy like that. I thought- no, uh,
1: no. They, there are people that think she was either taken prisoner by the Japanese or that she was eaten by coconut crabs on an island.
3: No, nah, well, she was. She was eaten by coconut crabs. I would, if I ever saw a coconut crab
2: in real life and didn't know what it was ahead of time my entire goal until it was dead would be to kill it.
3: <laughs> they're actually, like, super fucking docile. <laughs> they're real chill. I mean... They just get hungry. They're,
2: but they're so, they're so enormous, and they're a crab. Like, so?
1: <laughs> that reminds me of George Carlin's observation about the first people who saw lobsters. Just imagine that thing crawling out of the ocean. You're just like, step on it. Step on that fuck before it gets to the children. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Keep in and mind, lobster, like lobsters back big. then were much bigger, too.
0: <laughs> <Well>. Okay. <laughs> back on topic here, though. But I think something, <laughs> another problem that I, did, I have experienced in time watching, I had a little bit of this with our last session, the first one of, you know, behind enemy times, we ran the gadget. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's just the very nature. I really definitely like your input on this, Joe, as well. But I have trouble keeping the story beats going in a traditional fashion. And now my daughter has screamed and Alexa is yelling at her. (laughs) Alexa's like, please don't scream.
1: Does that have anything to do with the game or is that just a thing going on?
0: Uh, The beats are a little off, so to speak. Like two of the three times that I have been involved in a a Time Watch game, uh, everyone expected it to end. And then there was an, an extra scene of, but wait. There's more. <laughs> well, I mean, that can truly... <laughs> be to your advantage. Yeah.
4: For Time Watch, are there points where you can get caught in a time loop?
0: I I made one in a... In, actually, in a session it just posted, I had someone kind of in a time loop, but I have yet to notice anything in there that kind of addresses that in particular.
4: I mean, that could be a big thing, because for me, the idea of, of it, agents fuck up on a mission, then... They get caught in a loop, and then you have to go back and then stop that loop from happening.
2: That is a thing that happens. I think, um, if I recall correctly from my reading of the book, that is like one of the styles of mission. But uh, what is important in Time Watch is your personal understanding of what happened in history. It's all kind of predicated on the fact that no one is entirely sure what has actually happened in history unless you've personally experienced it.
3: It's a little Bill and Ted.
2: Yeah. So from Time Watch Central's understanding, nothing, you know, whatever they screwed up that caused the loop is still fixable because they don't know exactly what it is and the agents who go back don't know exactly what it is. So they're capable of changing it without damaging themselves. Where the damage comes in is where you know something to be true and then you change it after you've personally known it to be true.
4: I'm starting to agree with Chris, there's no time travel rule now. I mean, time travel right?
2: Like, in a regular game, time travel is a nightmare.
4: (laughs) We should never do time travel.
0: The uh, explanation that Kevin Culp gave me when I played in the the game that he ran at Gen Con was, you know, pretend, like, okay, so you're in a room, and you're without a weapon. So you say, okay, I'm going to look under this desk, and there's going to be a gun there. Well, if you've already looked under the desk, then you know that that is not true, and then that will create a paradox, and then that's when you actually roll for your chrono stability. So you make the roll, and you can make, make it past that hiccup. If you don't make the roll, then your basically your sanity or stability mechanic that they use in Time Watch or chrono stability takes a hit, and you become a little less tethered to reality, as we know it, and if you go completely zero on that, then you're actually subsumed by the time stream, and like you'll just basically turn into an extra, so to speak, which you know they kind of make concessions where okay, you can go back in time and you know rescue you know Rick, who thinks he is a meter maid or something like that
3: <laughs> so it feels like the best trick to being. A time cop is just, like, showing up utterly ignorant. Yes. Just being like, what ho, Sally Forth? I have a gun under here. Mm.
1: Or Correct. put a bunch of points in timecraft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rick. Those beginnings. Like the most racist detective ever.
0: Those beginning sessions that we did, I mean, you can go back and listen to them. You, there's moments where gameplay stops and it's like, And we're all sitting here trying to figure out what to do. It's like, well, if you do this and you know this is going to this, it's like it hasn't happened recently, but I swear, Aaron, when it was just me and you and Ethan doing recruiting, Kyle, there's points where we just had to kind of we were all on the same team at that point. like, all right, figure this out. This is the
2: issue with time travel as a game, and you can see it comes up with the only other time travel game I'm aware of, which is Continuum. It comes up there, too, where you have Effectively, two parallel timelines. Your personal time and time for everyone else. Uh, And it's sort of monitoring both that makes it difficult to play.
0: Joe, why don't you real quick tell us a little bit of what you know about Continuum. Like, how how do they, what do they have in common? Uh, How are they different?
2: Uh, Chris, you can help
0: me out here because you've read it. uh, One is good and one is bad.
2: I think that's true. Continuum is a game... uh, I mean, who wrote it? I have a copy. Let's take a look. It was written by Chris Adam, Chris Adams, David Fuden, Barbara Manui, with additional material by Liz Holliday, Brian Ward, and uh, Sean Jaff. Chris Adam- by, it was published in 99. Was it actually published in 99, though? That's the copyright date.
3: 1999? <laughs> or-
1: yeah, I was going to say, what if they came back in time with a copy from the future and were like, I mean, there are people who are
2: like, this book is a work of genius and it's unplayable because it's a work of genius.
3: Yes, it really is. Uh, Like, it makes me really think of uh, the true time genius, Johnny Five Aces. (laughs) Johnny Five Aces.
1: I don't know who that is. So Continuum is unplayable?
3: It's um, not unplayable. Like, the mechanics work.
2: Yeah, it's not wonderful. Like, at base, if you were to just take the mechanics out of the game and apply them to some other game, I feel like it would would be fine. Uh, The part that makes it, to me, extremely difficult to play, if not impossible to play, is the amount of paperwork required to actually play the game. Uh, I found it, like, actually pretty similar to Time Watch in a lot of respects. There's the whole idea of chronal stability, which they call frag as Chris has already alluded to, in Continuum, there's the idea of the parallel timelines where there's actual time and your time. There's the idea of there is a group in the base game that is attempting to preserve their own timeline, (laughs) except in Continuum, there's like a very specific enemy who is trying to destroy that timeline.
1: Like, what makes it difficult to play or run?
2: So, in order to play the game you're supposed to track every time you span which is traveling through time or space using your implanted time travel device
3: and the more you travel through time the better you are at traveling
2: the better you are at traveling through time but if you don't record every time you travel through time your character is penalized either because they've built up too much frag because they've accidentally created a paradox or just because they've Effectively blocked out large sections of time that they won't be able to travel in without risking that.
3: And like a big aspect of the game is that you're trying to make the other person frag.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like that's so, that's how you defeat the enemies, the continuum, which is the,
4: the, the main group.
3: Yeah. I mean, no, it, it's like it, it basically you are fighting them through bookkeeping.
4: Yeah. You mentioned, wow. you mentioned there was like a lot of paperwork. Yeah. No, yeah, you have so. to write
3: down like every fucking era you visited what you did there yeah
2: how long you spent there so that you don't accidentally travel to the same point where or do something that causes that not to have happened and if you don't keep those records like it's it's going to hurt you and that just is an enormous amount of downtime where you're like okay i went to paris in 1875 let me write that down how long are we spending in Paris? GM says I don't know. How long are you going to spend in Paris? And then you have to figure it out. All right, I arrived eight thirty p.m. Last
4: Jesus. So well,
2: wow. it's a real it's a real problem.
1: So that but sounds like a, good- n- a nightmare for anyone with like ADD. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, there's a reason I never fucking ran it.
4: <laughs> oh my god, no, I no, yeah, no. I, I don't have anybody that would ever really play. That. I wouldn't mind playing that. But that's because I, I I'm obsessive about little details to a point.
3: I am obsessive, too. But I also have fucking ADHD, and I can't trust my own goddamn memory.
4: That's uh, true. I also wouldn't want to have to do that in my downtime.
1: We'd get like 30 minutes into a segment and Chris would be like, all right, Aaron, where did you travel and to win? I'd be like, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and be like oh, OK,
3: you're dead. It's all good.
1: You'd be like, God damn it, Aaron! You and you your fra- fucking squirrel brain—you <laughs> fragged yourself out of reality.
2: That's a thing you can definitely do.
1: Yeah,
3: you, uh, this also- is a game where you can inadvertently commit suicide. <laughs>
1: Congratulations, you fragged yourself. Wait, is and,
3: and is again, con- that's how you fight
2: the opposing time travelers—is you cause them to inadvertently commit suicide?
1: Jesus, is travel. There is is it continuum the game where you can like your character can die during character creation?
2: No, that's Traveler. Well, oh, that's okay. the old versions of Traveler. It doesn't happen anymore. I
1: gotcha. mean that's also Dead Earth. What a what oh, yeah. <laughs> Dead Earth, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I will drown you in my own blood.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, I just think about the one time I played Dead uh, we did Dead Earth character creation and I made like a a seven foot tall skeleton man. <laughs>
1: See, my only reference for Dead Earth is that episode of RPPR After Hours. Well, that's I all mean, you need, really. Yeah, you know?
4: I, I. It sounds interesting, fra- like fragging other agents sounds interesting. But the idea of like having to go through all that work just to do that, just
1: yeah. It also sounds like it would make for terrible radio. Like it just yeah, it no, wouldn't we, be an engaging game to listen to. No, there Continue would be
0: a
3: lot bad of game. There's there's some calculus involved there.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing that I really like about Time Watch is that you pretty much, you know, you're trying to avoid creating these paradoxes where you have to make these stability checks. But, I mean, it's forgiving. And I think my impression reading the book is that, you know, some of this stuff is forgiven and time the time stream itself will write in certain things, little minor things. Because, yeah, you can... I can totally, like, say I see the villain in the future, so I go back in the past and kill him. Like, I take a massive hit, but you can still have the villain of that still be alive and interacting. It's just that, like, now he's an alternate time stream and stuff like that, which actually, this kind of leads to my last thing I wanted to mention about Time Watch, is there is a... There's this thing where you're trying to preserve your time stream, but the true time stream, which, you know, if you think about it, that's kind of problematic. Like, who decides that? And there's even, like, a whole, like, certain campaign frame you can run where it's, like, conspiracy. It's but, time
2: imperialist.
0: Yeah. you're Essentially, you could be time imperialist. Like, there's certain things that we would love to fix in our history that we can't. Now, some of them are handled mechanically, like—
3: Yeah, base. you know, like the Civil War.
0: yeah. Like the Civil War, it would be great to even have avoided America being involved in chattel slavery, and you could do this in Time Watch. But at that point, you're – if you're going by canon as depicted in you know the basic Time Watch scenario, you become the job at that point. And there's even um, – scenarios that are designed around the concept of you're going after road time agents and it becomes like a morality thing which is really cool to add into a game like this person's fucked up some stuff but they have avoided like this great travesty or this great travesty or this great travesty like the game explicitly builds in that you cannot and they even tie it in with um like you, you cannot avoid hitler if you eliminate Hitler, then nuclear war is going to break out in America in the nineteen, or in the world in nineteen fifties, and everything's going to be decimated. So, Hitler and the Holocaust and all of these horrendous things that happened have to happen because it's part of that time stream.
3: I guess that's better than the continuum resolution. For that is that if you kill Hitler, you have to replace him. Yeah,
2: they they just drop a new Hitler down there. What? <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's I'm like, yeah, that's just
0: another
2: thing. dude in a in a thin mustache and a bad haircut who that's... you know leads Germany to execute uh, millions of non Aryans.
1: That's Quota. awful, but also kind of hilarious.
3: I just it... killed you. How did you get? Uh, my... Oh, like... hey Jerry, I saw you over. Th- I-, I saw you back at the time cooler. Um, I was late to work, and now I'm fucking Hitler. <laughs> Fuck I'm you, Hitler, Jerry. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. like. <laughs> It's like Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite.
4: Yeah, oh, God. There's yeah.
1: always a Hitler.
4: So, I, I, I like to point out that I remember there was a. I really like the idea of you trying to stop an agent that is doing good things. Whether or not that is for the worst later down the line doesn't matter. I just like the idea. Well, I mean, it can matter, but I like the idea of why are we trying to stop someone that's writing that's all these prongs?
0: Yeah. I yeah,
4: think
2: there's, that's, a, that's a real interesting place to explore, but I think that's also something you're going to have to be careful with, because yeah. you can't... you got to be careful about, like, minimizing these tragedies. Like, the reason yeah. everybody wants to go back in time and kill Hitler is because Hitler was a monster. And while you're back there, why not off Stalin? Yep.
3: <laughs> and Mao? all. this is why I, I have a strict no-time-travel policy in my games, even when my fucking players... <laughs>
1: I do like that time watch. Like canonically, there's someone that's always stationed in Berlin in like 1944.
0: Yeah, it's that's, shit, to... that's
2: that's shit work. It's like you fucked up. Like, well, guess yeah. what? You're you got to fight off everybody
4: coming back in time to kill Hitler.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. You you kill. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ethan. or Ian.
4: Uh, sorry. That reminds me of this. There's this comic. There's, there was this comic strip where uh where uh, these two guards guarding Hitler are like hey Franz you think that Hitler's a bad guy? No why? And then all of a sudden there's this bright light and this time traveler comes back and he fires a ray gun and they have to kill him and then it cuts to all these other dead time traveler bodies and it's like I don't know I'm just really curious as to why the time travelers keep coming back to try and kill Hitler
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're a loose cannon you're on Hitler duty
3: yeah. Hand in your badge and your chronometer
2: <laughs> uh one I I just remembered something paging through the continuum book. Uh you also <laughs> another part of the bookkeeping aspects of it is that you have to keep track of what they call your personal timeline is called your yet capital y and yeah. you're supposed to them. keep track of anything that you see that you've done even if it's your future you. Wait, what? So, like, you can meet yourself in Continuum. It's not a big deal. But your future self is the one in charge because they know what's happened to their past selves. So if they give you instructions, you have to follow them to the letter. Also, anything your future self does, you have to record it as part of your bookkeeping. So then when it becomes your time to do the thing, you can do it.
3: Jesus. Man, if I was the GM in that case, I would be... Fucking awful.
1: This, if I may borrow a Calebism, is this how you break up with your gaming group? Like,
3: I mean, yeah, you
2: probably would, yeah, yeah. That, that would probably be pretty effective.
1: <laughs> it's not uh, you guys, it's me. Let's play some it's, continuum. It's, yeah.
3: <laughs> you see your future self. He is shit into a bucket and then he just threw it on to uh, like Queen his grave. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And
2: then he turns to you and says, "Listen, I know you don't understand, but this has to be done.
1: <laughs> you will.
2: You got to it. do
1: this, or else reality will
3: break.
2: <laughs> or at least your reality will <laughs> later. <laughs> and then he just beams away.
3: You see yourself? Oh no, no, no! It's not later. It's just like peace, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, keeps... and then he just throws glitter into your face, man, right God. before Hell. disappearing."
1: <laughs> Chris, you see yourself, but he look your future self. looks like fucking cable pulls out a desert eagle. <laughs> You're in Japan for some reason. He puts it to a Shiba's head or a Shiba Inu's head, and he's like, "Look, Hachi is the is history's greatest monster. You just don't know it yet. You just this
2: don't know it. it's the done. Antichrist."
1: And yes, everything like, you
3: know is wrong. <laughs>
1: He just like obliterates this dog's head and is like, you'll get it one day and then jumps through a portal. <laughs> well,
3: first of all, that's not true because I am very much against the whole like cyborg treatment that cable has.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there was a reason for it. You don't understand now.
4: I'd be mean, just like, what just happened? Why <laughs> why did he hurt that dog? <laughs>
3: why yeah, what what why did he show me hurting that dog? No, that's That's the thing that bothers me. (laughs) Like, why would future me show ask me any of his like shit?
2: (laughs) I didn't mean too much of a coward. You need to be hardened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean like you specifically, Chris. I mean it was like the royal you, but like (laughs) I'm just imagining. No, Chris's, Chris's character, the GM, would be like, all right, Chris, you have to stop your your past self or your future self from going back to 1980 and murdering Ronald Reagan, and Chris has to make a very hard choice.
3: <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stop myself at all. Aaron, if I have
0: learned anything with gaming with Chris for about, what, fuck, four years almost, Chris, is that basically if you want to destroy your game, all you have to do is, like, Put a dog in there that something bad happens to it, or Nazis. Like, either or, we stop go. We're... Everything. <laughs>
3: stop, hey, stop. hey, 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 You could also put in, like, really nasty Republicans. What if the point. I can't point... argue against the Nazi point.
4: What if the point of is to kill the Nazis and save the dogs? Would that save the game? <laughs> it doesn't if... matter. I'd do it anyways.
1: What if the dog is a Nazi? <laughs>
3: I mean, that's better than Reagan,
1: so. Well, yeah, but I mean, most things are.
3: Speaking of Reagan,
1: beforehand.
3: So, Ian, you're a, you're a fan of Reagan, right? So. <laughs> yeah.
1: This isn't really related to Time Watch at all, but I just. Well, I mean, it kind of is. I just realized that the concept of Time Watch reminds me a lot of Time Splitters.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was game. That, that was it.
1: Yeah. Time Splitters is great, but it's it has not in terms of control has not aged super well. I played the second one uh, a few months ago. It's got floaty golden eye controls.
3: Is that the arcade game?
1: No, that's Time Crisis, which is not time travel related. It's just like you have a time limit. Are you thinking are you talking about the one where you have to like push down on the pedal to get your character to duck, Chris?
4: Mhm.
1: Yeah, that's Time Crisis.
4: Time crisis uh, is pretty good.
1: Time tra uh Time Splitters is essentially you play time travel cops or time cops basically and it's quantum t- basically yeah and time splitters are aliens that want to fuck with time
4: so like it, it, you do it, yeah yeah. first the first mission involves you fighting zombies oh yeah you're right you're right in the second one yeah i played um, played the shit out of time splitters too when i was a kid that was one of my favorite games two and future per-
1: future perfect's less good but it's still fun Mm. There's also a level in two that involves fighting zombies in
4: Notre Dame. Yes, and you hunt down a vampire. It's a strange game. Anyway, that's <laughs>
3: it just, it's so funny. That's a thing.
4: Yeah. It is great. We gotta stop the time travel. Traveling aliens yeah. and zombies and vampires.
0: Speaking of time, I think we're out of time.
4: Uh,
2: whoa! whoa. whoa. <laughs> Look at that uh, segue. I, I, I do <laughs> i would like to add one more thing okay about time traveling games
3: no the segue's up joe sorry you're out <laughs> uh, time's up man time's I, up wah, I, wah.
2: I, I, go ahead man uh no it's just that the structure for the main campaign in both continuum and time watch is basically the same structure that can be found it, it all seems to be based on like uh isaac asimov's novel end of eternity i think it's called Mm-hmm. Uh, where they work for a, a a group at the end of time that has invented time travel and just works assiduously to guarantee their own existence, even though it definitely makes things worse and I understand that because it 's like it provides you with a campaign structure, but it would be nice to see like maybe some other not
3: time imperialist style of game
1: yeah, that makes sense
3: i 've actually thought about this from a uh gaming standpoint, I think it would be very interesting to play, to play the assholes fucking with, uh, fucking with time.
0: Well, that would because be good what
3: per- is time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, dude, there's, there's like a whole comedy section campaign frame to where you're basically doing Bill and Ted, so I think it would, yeah. be, it would be a fun game where you're just going on a time vacation, just wrecking shit, having a good time, and then you actually can insert Time Watch into the game, Trying to stop you from, you know, or cleaning up after you. It seems like it would be a nice, well, at least in my mind, a nice lighthearted kind of yeah. scenario. Or a more lighthearted
2: butterfly effect where you, you know, you go on your little time vacation and you fuck shit up and now you're trying to fix it, but you keep making it worse and more different. Yeah, yeah. you're just playing
1: Homer with his toaster. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, Adam. Yes, you guys. I would definitely run a lighthearted game. Well,. <laughs> You know me.
1: Yeah. You want my sunshine? Homer with his toaster, by the way, is one of my favorite Treehouse of Horror segments. That's a really good episode. It really
0: is.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's Uh, raining again. What's a donut? Anyway.
0: Okay. So I think I'd like to take a moment here to kind of talk about some stuff that we got working on behind the scenes at RPX. Uh, this year, thanks to generous no, I'm donation. talking about the
2: meth lab. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the oh, meth lab. He, he was going to say generous donations.
1: <laughs>
3: yes, the math lab.
2: Yes.
1: First rule of Math, math lab, lab is, is you don't talk about meth lab.
0: <laughs> all right. So basically, I just want to thank everybody again for all their uh, generous support on Patreon. We've been able to cover web hosting and getting ready to take care of the podcasting costs for you, So we're going to start churning out some art uh, spruce up things. So thank you very much. One of the big things we're kind of working on right now is, like I mentioned that I'm running a campaign. Uh, Aaron, would you, what would you, what kind of like little teaser? Be a bad boy. Tell us about your, what you're working on. Uh, uh, well, Did that weird when I said bad boy?
1: No, I'm just okay. trying to think of a way to, free, it didn't bother me. It was a um, little weird. I have a superhero game that I'm working on, and it, or that I've, I've run two sessions of, and it's not Mutants and Masterminds.
2: Wait, it's, wait what? We're wild Talents.
1: Yeah, it's not Wild Talents either. I guess I'm a, a hardcore Masks fan now, but no, it's, it's pretty good. It, I don't have to roll any dice, and I barely have to remember rules, and everyone else just has to roll two dice, and I get to just come up with stuff, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So,
3: so, what is this campaign? Tell us about it.
1: Uh, well, you see, masks is a game that involves playing teenage superheroes. So, oh, so uh, it's creepy. Sort of. Uh, it can be. Um. Uh, the idea I had was essentially okay. So there's a big crossover event going out, going on in space or whatever. But somebody's got to take care of the city while, uh. Well, the you know the adults are away, so you know you've got your D-list teenage superheroes who aren't uh, good at the whole superhero thing yet, and they're now in charge. They're not in charge, but uh, you know they're they're trying to hold things together, as it were.
2: Out so, there, in soldier kid soldiers, <laughs> <laughs>
1: kind of, yeah, sort of. But uh, Chris has played in both sessions so far. Adam has played in the first session. Uh, would you guys give it a? a recommendation to listen to
0: yeah uh totally aaron the thing that and i mentioned this to you several times that impressed me most is with this being you know your first big venture out into running a game you took a failed row that i made which i don't want to really go into and you let me have the results of that but it came at a cost and th- it was you know, which has been, this is mass being powered by the apocalypse game. It was very informative to really like the direction that I'm going with, with the characters. So yeah, like you had me hooked. I was green with envy. Well, not the green with envy, but I definitely re- regretted not being able to go to the second session. So yeah, I recommend that uh, whenever we get it up. So as I time travel to the future and get that ready for you.
3: Yeah. Sweet. And I I can also solely recommend it. But um the real question Aaron is has prison slav- has prison slavery ended? Yet?
1: Well, of course, Chris. You ended that in the first session. <laughs>
3: well, glad to hear that.
1: With uh with your fantastic banner, um I also I have a thing that I'm working on that seeing how well masks is going uh that I'm plotting called Highway Stars, and it's an Unknown Armies campaign, and that's all I'm going to, to say for right now. Uh, I've run the idea past both Chris and Adam, and they both seem to be pretty into it.
0: I'm going to play a redneck. It's a stretch for Marin, but I think it's, I can pull it off. I, I believe in you. <laughs> I believe I actually, in you. I actually don't know what
3: I'll play yet in that. Play a coastal elite. <laughs>
1: cool. it's wow. Really stretch those legs.
3: Oh you know, <laughs> Joe. Just, <laughs> just like put three um just put three parentheses around that right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's my plan. Uh highway stars it may take some time to get around to, but uh, well I like the name. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh
1: it fits. Like once once the actual uh um concept of the campaign is is out there
4: it'll make a lot
1: more sense
4: anytime you put something involving a road or a highway in a title my interest has peaked because i'm a big fan of road trips or some shit
1: no yeah that's <laughs> that's totally fair i will actually be using there's a really good world of darkness supplement it's really a shame that it's for new world of darkness called uh, forgotten road or midnight roads
3: yes
2: well, at least it's not for newest world of darkness
1: no but midnight roads and forgotten places I'm going to pull inspiration from those, but it's not going to be gross like, uh, like World of Darkness
4: is. Yeah, I I just, I yeah. Anytime you say let's do a road trip, whatever thing, I'm like, okay,
0: yeah. I guess the only thing I have to say, Aaron, is we got a full tank of gas, a half pack of cigarettes, and we're wearing sunglasses.
3: (laughs) Ass, gas or charges. I was trying to ride for free.
0: In, would you be comfortable right now discussing what you what we're working on? So, In, are you working on anything? Uh, yeah, I'm working on actually. Well, I'm working
4: on two things. First, I'm running a, a very unique a mini campaign uh, based off of a, a game called Velvet Glove. You know Adams already played in it. Yeah. Which, thank you very
0: much. My pleasure.
4: And uh, I have two other players, and then a the third one might be fourth one might be joining in it's a very in your game uh that takes place in the 70s and is very much a warriors inspired it's uh it's very much you ever see the warriors it's basically that but it's girl gang
1: it's, fun fact there's a girl gang in the warriors called the lizzie's
4: sorry didn't didn't mean to interrupt you there go ahead Ethan. Oh, thank you Here. that's exactly what they're based off of the lizzie's. Um so uh, uh, I see Aaron's already read up on his potential 1970s <laughs> movie. Oh history. no, I've just seen The Warriors a couple times. No, Warriors is awesome. It's one of my favorite films. Um, Played the game too. The game was actually really it's, good. It's, uh, it's alright. It's not great. Anyway, but uh, we're... Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you want to describe the first
0: session. Uh, uh-huh. Very few words, but... Well, there's... Uh, the table, the thing I would come uh, mention about it, it is a uh, in-your-face game, and we have such a great gaming group for that particular game that we were able to take a few of the elements of the game that we were not quite uh, comfortable with, like some of the verbiage that was being used, and uh, you know switched around because you know not to go into too great a detail, but I am a thirty-eight-year-old man. With two daughters, and I don't. There's certain things that about it that I just personally didn't want to, you know, indulge in. Use those words. If I'm going to be honest
4: with Velvet Glove for just two seconds, um, it's very much a game that uh, uh, <clears throat> people will be split on. But I think that listeners will be uh, happy with the changes that we made, and I'm actually happy with the changes that we made because uh, I think they fit into the game a lot better. Um, and definitely, the group that we have uh, is throwing themselves into their roles quite well.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I'm also the second thing I'm working on is a hub. Uh, well, uh, uh, Greg introduced me to a weave game and I want to weave all over it and gross I, I convinced Chris and his his very lovely wife to join. What? I don't
3: I don't remember this. What is this? this is This is breakfast cult. Oh God damn it. Yep, we're right. Building.
4: And uh, when we're done with the Velvet Glove, I'm hoping to get onto that. So, Chris better get ready to weeb. Yeah, Chris, get ready to weeb.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
4: realize I'm just going to fucking bring this down.
3: Like it's
4: true, he will. Well, he offered to play, and nobody else offered to play, so like he, <laughs> He's already going to be weeping.
3: Oh no, I'll I'll weeb it up. It's just. You're expecting, like, Cowboy Bebop. It's just going to be fucking full-on end of Evangelion.
4: No, I'm, expecting. I'm just expecting something to happen that's going to go wrong. Chris, I better hear at least three
1: oh! <laughs> throughout the game.
3: Nutty? Yeah. Shindaru. Oh,
1: You're a missy. <laughs>
3: Jesus. You're a messie. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's nice to have uh, Macho Man Randy Savage in the studio with us today. <laughs> anyway. Who's
3: Macho Man Randy Savage? I'm, cool <laughs> I'm on. Oh,
4: That's uh Those are my, my two things I'm currently working on.
0: Okay, so, Joe, we <laughs> had a lot of fun at character creation for what you've got in store for us, so <laughs> care to give the nice people a, a, a taste
2: uh yes. Uh we'll be playing RuneQuest role playing in Glorantha. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a sort of bronze age role playing setting originally started in the late 70s early 80s. It's pretty crazy. Players will be playing characters that are a member of a tribe of a bison riders. <laughs> <laughs> they they ride bison. That's a real thing.
0: <laughs> Guy <laughs> on a buffalo. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. You're welcome.
3: So, um, <laughs> I have not been super into this campaign. I just want to point out the reason why is I have played in a single pickup game of RuneQuest, and it was the, the worst experience I've ever had. Just like, I, I've had a lot of bad gaming experiences, but goddamn. <laughs> now, if anyone ever tells you to go to the Adventure Store in Davy on free game day, and someone says hey, do you want to play RuneQuest? The answer is no.
0: In Davy, which state? Davy, Florida. Florida. <laughs> okay. We'll never, ever do that then. Chris, like, dude, the first time I drank whiskey, I puked my guts out and said I'd never do it again, but by God, I fucking jumped back on that horse, so just <laughs> fuck up <out laughs> there, little buddy. <laughs> okay. I feel sorry about so. So, I'm gonna,
2: I'm gonna annotate two things uh one uh it is a rules heavy system yep. and combat can be pretty bad yep. Two, i like when players win i'm the opposite of an adversarial gm so
3: <laughs>
2: i mean if you don't want to play that's fine i'm not gonna
3: oh no <laughs> i'm i'm sure i'll join in on the session or two and you can just see like chris show up and just be like oh god why yeah. why 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 and just fly away <laughs>
2: <laughs> install the chris scenario quick uh are we talking about any have you brought up the idea of the uh pilot season games yet oh is that no, a that, thing
0: that is oh. a great segue for that so there was a discussion uh, about a month or so ago where we we're just looking through a bunch of quick start guys for RPGs and kind of came up with the idea that originally we're like, okay, we'll just everybody pick a game or two and we'll just run the quick start scenario. And now, since then, some games don't necessarily, like other quick start guys, don't provide a scenario. So we've kind of amended that. But yeah, coming up, we're going to start with those. So if you like, you know, hopefully when we get to this point, I would like to be able to release these episodes on a weekly basis. So when we get to the pilot season, it's going to, all of a sudden, I'm going to have to uh, edit and okay. I'm going to have to upload uh, in, you know, much more frequency, but uh, yeah, we'll do a series of them and then we'll set up a voting uh, system of some sort and allow you, the listeners, to uh, chime in on what you like and what you want to hear more of.
2: Dragon Age!
0: Yeah, like, offhand speaking for myself, I don't want to speak for anyone who's not here, I have volunteered to run, but partly because of how successful Aaron's Mask game went, I would like to run City of Mist, which is in a similar yeah. vein. Yeah. And I just I've heard a lot of Numenera, but yet, I've never—I don't know shit about it. So I went ahead, and that's my second pick that I'm going to be running.
4: I uh, <clears throat> I really like that all these games I've never played in, but I've always wanted to play and or run. So I'm really happy that we're going to be doing this.
0: Oh, it's exciting! Is
4: Joe Joe? I forget. Are you doing Conan? No, uh, Ethan's
2: doing Conan. Ethan's doing Conan. At least that's the plan. No, I was going to run a game of. Seventh C, the second edition. Okay. And I was going to run the much, much maligned GURPS.
1: <laughs> Joe, I will play GURPS with you. I want I, you to know that.
3: All right. Hooray. <laughs> I mean, it's maligned for a reason, though. Yeah, those reasons are bad and dumb. <laughs> Joe, I'll play anything. Okay. I'm there. <laughs> you can try to prove me wrong. I'm always for it.
1: Also, uh, I have the Seventh c starter book that I bought in Austin a few months ago, and I just have never done anything with it. So I'm prepared.
2: At least look at the art, because the art in that book is amazing.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I have. Look, it's very pretty. I'm just (laughs) saying I haven't like I haven't bothered to read it because I also bought Bubblegum Shoe the same day, which I also haven't read. But that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I for pilot season instead of running quick starts for stuff I'm thinking about doing some like just some published scenarios for like Call of Cthulhu maybe because okay. I have I have the Cthulhu by gaslight book so I could run like one of the adventures from that the introductory scenario for that by the way is 20 pages long
4: Jesus h I, um,
1: like,
4: I like the second scenario from that book
1: I'm not sure which one that is I know the first one is the burned man
4: you just read the same uh,
1: scenario and you'll get it. The uh, by the way, Cthulhu by Gaslight has what they refer to as the sexist rule, and it's optional. Like you don't have to use it, but the premise is if you're playing a female character, you can take one point off Constitution or Strength and add it to any one of the
4: mental skills. Wow, it was, it's. Uh, it, I think it was designed to basically say that's because the females weren't as uh, strong back then.
3: Yeah. And, no, well, we, we, we know what it was
4: designed for. That
3: I doesn't make be, it right.
1: I will not be enforcing that rule. If someone wants to use it, more power to you. I will not require it or even acknowledge it, really. Um,
4: I like the random roll table where you can lose a leg.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, I also might run something from Cthulhu Britannica, which the fir- I think the first game I ever ran for RPX came from uh, Cthulhu Britannica. And it wasn't really a... I don't necessarily think I did a bad job so much as the scenario was not very good do you remember that one Chris
3: uh that was the movie one
1: no that was the oh yeah that was it was the movie the one with the simulacra
3: yeah yeah no yeah which, that's that's not on you man
1: <laughs> it was a cool concept it just it didn't pan out quite as I had hoped uh my first couple games that I ran for r p x just it's it's basically uh a series of that didn't pan out quite the way I had hoped it might.
0: <laughs> That's how we do it here, Aaron. I I got jumped in. <laughs> it's like yeah.
1: <laughs> but if you compare my that that DG scenario I came up with, which I still think is workable and a good idea, it just needs yeah. work uh, yeah.
4: to to masks. It's it's coming along.
0: Do anyone, any of the rest of y'all want to discuss your uh, pilot, you know, series?
4: I'll, I'll discuss mine. Um, I My first choice was, I wanted to pick something that would also get kid-friendly as well. That way, in case adults want to introduce their kids to RPGs very young.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: While also kind of keeping a weird theme to it, uh, I picked Cats of Cthulhu. Which, my plan is to actually, kind of ironically with errands is to I wanted Cats by Gaslight. So I wanted to have it we play Cats in the uh, Victorian era, uh, London. The start. I've run the starting scenario before. It's it's a little rough, but I think I can still make it work. It's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of action, so much as it's just it's literally cats trying to move around and do things. Well, people are. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna run it. See if it works. If it doesn't, at least I introduced the game. That's the point. Yeah. Um, the second game I'm running is. Uh, I'm a big fan of also Steampunk, so clockwork domain, because I've always kind of wanted to try that, and I like the way it looks, so I want to see if the Quick Start guide actually works out in that way. Cool. Sounds
0: good. Well, gentlemen, I believe that's about all the time we have for this session here. I do want to take a moment to thank a couple of our newer Patreons for joining on. Thank you so much. Without you, I would be paying for all this by myself, so thank you. All right. So, first off, Dan Cassidy, thanks. Appreciate your generous donation and glad to have you on board. We also have recently Rogus, which is, if I'm not mistaken, a friend of Patrick's who is helping us try to get to the magical donation number of 6969. Nice. So, uh, you know, appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. Take care of Patrick for us. Sean Ferris, who's also a member of RPX, uh, thank you for jumping in on this. Uh when to play more regular games. He does quite a bit in the 10K. Also, a big, big thank you to Laura Williams. Thank you so much for your generous donation. And if I haven't mentioned it beforehand, our old friend Dan VK, thank you again. Looking forward to drinking beer with you. I have uh, I, know, I remember you liked that hemp goza I brought to Gen Con last year. And... Think we need uh I need to broaden your palate to more of Kentucky's or Louisville in particular's fine craft hey. beer selection.
3: I'm sure I'm sure I'll be able to get something for him.
0: Oh, hook him up, man! He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I thank you all also for jumping in to help me out on this. Um, you know, pretty much like to plug our social media. So if you would like, you can find Rowpoint Exchange at www.rowpointexchange.com. We also have a fairly active Twitter, since I saw the password from Chris. <laughs> Our account is at rpxchange. And you can also find us on Facebook. And that is www.facebook.com slash the Rowpoint Exchange. And you know what? You could hook us up with a like on Apple. That would be great. I always fuck that part up, Chris. I think what you're asking for is
2: a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.
0: Yeah. If you could hook us up with a five-star review with Apple's podcast iTunes app thing, we would totally appreciate it. Say some really nice things. I know I have a really soothing, southern, seductive twang. I appreciate hearing that quite often. So, you know. (laughs) So sexy.
1: You know what? I'm gonna start an RP or an RPX Instagram, and it's just gonna be posting pictures of myself. (laughs) That's all. It's gonna be. Are they gonna
4: be just in suggestive poses, or is it just gonna be you like lying down in the bed?
1: Little column A, little from column B, my friend. Need to get a a bear skin rug.
3: (laughs) This has just lost the plot at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: what? What is even going on here? Uh, Well, time to pull the ripcord. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all, and as always, Chris. We did not think this through. <laughs> oh,
1: we didn't think it through. Bye. <laughs> Good night, everybody.
0: Bye.